So Breakline really, for me, was foundational. It taught me the lingo that I needed to learn, the jargon. It also, but it more so taught me that as a veteran, and at the time I didn't even have a college degree, that I have what it takes right now to be successful in tech. Towards the end of my enlistment, that's when I was trying to decide what I was going to do next. I knew I was leaving the military. And before Breakline, I did not know that tech was an option for me. I had never heard of a Black person working in tech. Shortly after uh, talking with Bethany and Breakline, I started having interviews immediately. And it really showed me that like I have something that's sought after. Like People are looking for what I have. doing out there folks my name is Kenny Vaughn I'm the director of Breakline Apex and I have the distinct privilege of hosting a, an extraordinary gentleman who we're going to get a chance to learn more about here in a second Mr. Jay Staples. Jay would you please do us the honor of introducing yourself where you're from where you're working now what's the day like in the life of Mr. Jay Staples? Sure. And thanks so much, Kenny, for having me. My name is Jay Staples. I currently am a program manager at PayPal. I've been there for two and a half years. Prior to my time at PayPal, I uh, was in the Air Force for six years working for the NSA as an intelligence analyst. And then I went to college at University of Kentucky. And I'm actually from Kentucky as well. Okay. Okay. So can you tell me a little bit more? And thank you for your service, by the way. Can you tell me a little bit more about your time as an Intel analyst? What was that like? What kind of stuff did you do? So as an Intel analyst, there's not a lot I can talk about, but I can definitely tell you that at times I've focused on stopping certain countries from procuring nuclear nuclear materials to oh, build hold nuclear up now. weapons. Oh, oh, hold, on. hold the heck up now. I'm going to pause you right there. This brother said, there's a lot of stuff that I can't tell you, but what I can tell you is I don't stop these countries from the nuclear, but I, I, certain countries. I can't even, I can't even imagine the stuff that you can't tell me if that's what you can tell me. Well, hopefully Go, I ahead. Can tell you that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. Continue, please. No, you're totally fine. So yes, I've, I've worked on uh, projects from stopping certain countries from procuring nuclear materials all the way till reporting live on assassination attempts of foreign dignitaries. I had a very interesting time at the NSA, probably the best time I've had thus far. It's like I finally saw behind the curtain, so I really enjoyed my time there. How did you end up in the uniform? What was it that drew you to service? While I was at the University of Kentucky, so before I actually graduated with my bachelor's, I made a decision to to leave college and join the military. It's funny because as a kid, I always wanted to be a spy. So this being an intelligence analyst was the closest thing I could get to that. So I made the decision before I joined the Air Force to, to actually be an intelligence analyst and act so that after the Air Force, I'd be able to join one of the intelligence agencies as a civilian employee. So that actually didn't happen. Breakline stepped in and now I'm at PayPal. <laughs> okay. Okay. So this is just a fascinating story already because just to see the transitions and the pivots, what brought you to Breakline? How'd you even find out about the organization? 
So during TAPS, which is uh, the transition assistance program in the in the Air Force or in the military, I created my LinkedIn profile. I spent hours on this LinkedIn profile because I knew how important they claimed it was. So before I was even complete with the LinkedIn profile, I went live. So like letting people know that I'm looking for jobs and Bethany Coates pops in my inbox. Yes, I had never heard of Bethany, never for heard those, of Breakline. For those of you who haven't heard of Bethany, she is the CEO and founder of Breakline. So just putting that out there. Yes, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I didn't mean to flex here, but definitely the CEO reached out to me directly. And I didn't know what Breakline was. It Honestly, at, at, at first I thought it was a scam. I thought someone was trying to, to sell me something, but it ended ended up not being that. I took a leap of a leap of faith after talking to her and then I decided to give tech a shot. Didn't know that I could be successful in tech, but nearly three years later I am. So definitely thank Bethany for that. What do you think it was about your breakline experience that helped you? Because clearly you're tremendously successful in your previous career in the military. I know Breakline helps folks from military backgrounds, from all sorts of backgrounds, women, people of color from across industries. You had a demonstrated record of excellence in the Air Force. I know you were taking care of business. What was it about Breakline that allowed you to have that confidence to, to pivot into the tech industry? So Breakline really, for me, was foundational. It taught me the lingo that I needed to learn, the jargon. It also, but it more so taught me that as a veteran, and at the time I didn't even have a college degree, that I have what it takes right now to be successful in tech. Towards the end of my enlistment, that's when I was trying to decide what I was going to do next. I knew I was leaving the military. I didn't know whether I wanted to go to a, like a defense contracting company or what. And before Breakline, I did not know that tech was an option for me. I had never heard of a black person working in tech. You don't see <laughs> black people in a lot of ads for these tech companies. So I didn't see myself in that role or working for any of these companies, but Shortly after uh, talking with Bethany and Breakline, I started having interviews immediately with Facebook, with Palantir, with many of these big name companies. And it really showed me that like I have something that's sought after, like people are looking for what I have. So yes, Breakline was, uh, was instrumental in me discovering that about myself. Okay, so you end up going through Breakline, you ended up, now you landed a job, did you land a job at PayPal after Breakline, is that correct? Correct. So I had interviews with maybe five or six companies. And at the around the time that I was waiting for decisions on from three or four of these companies, one of the Breakliner alums, Andrew Vu, reached out to me about a role at PayPal. PayPal hadn't reached out to me about any other role. And honestly, I wasn't considering PayPal either at the time. But then he reached out to me. Then his senior manager reached out to me. And we had a quick chat. And then we had all of our interviews in one day and the next day they gave me a offer. Definitely PayPal was where I ended up and I'm, I'm glad that I ended up there. I think I've had an amazing time, learned so much about myself and about technology as a whole. And honestly, I don't think it would have happened without Breakline. Me discovering that I could be successful in tech, but also my role at PayPal was directly from a Breakline alum. That's how I made the connection. So. Without Breakline, I would not be in tech. I get stuck in my head, in my head. 
Okay, so you've had this great career, you found this great resource that is Breakline. Now you're in tech, right? Like, mm-hmm. now you are a black person in the tech industry. What is that like? What is it like on a day-to-day basis? What is it like? What's your average day look like? What's it like being a person of color in the tech industry? What? Tell me what that's like. Where do I start here? <laughs> you got to keep it 100. I know you better do that. You better do it. Yes. So what's it like being a black person in tech? That's a very layered question. I will say on day one at PayPal, I walked around campus and I counted every black person on campus. That day, there were 12. I think on our campus, like on a normal day outside of COVID times, we have about, I would say 5,000 people or so on our campus and I counted 12 black people. So Day one, I was very discouraged. I looked around and I didn't think this was a place for me. Granted, I've been in majority non-black spaces my entire life, it seems. So I wasn't uncomfortable, but I definitely realized that there wasn't a lot of people that looked like me. So I met those 12 people uh, or so. I introduced myself and one of them was actually leaving the company and was looking for a replacement as the lead for our Black Employee Resource Group, Amplify. So this was shortly after I joined, maybe a month or two after I joined, I was asked to take over our Employee Resource Group for Black employees. So I did that over the next Quick, quick, quick question for you. So for those who might not be familiar with the term, what is an Employee Resource Group? Uh, so an Employee Resource Group is for a certain section of employees, like making sure that you are giving those employees the resources and the education needed to be successful at that role. For instance, we have a employee resource group called Serve for our veteran employees, making sure that other employees are aware of what makes these veterans tick or how you can help contribute to a veteran cause. And it's the same with the Black Employee Resource Group. We also have our LGBT Employee Resource Group, Pride, and then our Women's Resource Group. Yeah, so that, that's essentially what a resource group is. And I was able to lead that for over a year. I was able to make excellent connections and definitely helped me in my day-to-day role as well. Like I was meeting people from all over the company, the VPs and above, SVPs even, and members of our C-suite. I was able to meet through Amplify. And I was also able to use those connections that I made through Amplify in my day-to-day program manager role. So you're saying this was the employee resource group was not only a great place to build community, but it also gave you a voice within the organization in order to network, in order to build those foundational relationships. Yes, that's exactly right. So when I first joined PayPal, I was managing our merchant organization, the risk associated with our merchant organization. And at the time, one of the leads of the merchant org that I supported, I was working really closely in Amplify uh, on on a recruiting project with her. So I was able to leverage that connection through Amplify to get the work done in my day-to-day job. So definitely very beneficial participating in these employee resource group and functions. Are you able to make some valuable connections that can help you in the long run? I've been offered many jobs during my time in this employee resource group at PayPal and outside of PayPal. It's, yeah, it's just a, a great place to connect and, and really add value. So I appreciate you sharing that. And one of the questions that I had for you deals with 
Why was this important to you? I know, and it's so ironic how it happens. Literally, it sounds like it's your first day on the job. You meet this small handful of people, and one of them on the way out is like, hey, Jay, I need you to take care of it. I need you to be the champion. Like, you could have very easily been like, hey, look, nah, man, I'm just trying to get settled. Like, I'm trying to figure out my job. Like, why was it important for you to take that additional level of responsibility, that additional level of, of ownership in this cause and this, in this experience? Why was that something that mattered so much to you? So it mattered so much to me to join this employee resource group because when I showed up on day one, I felt alone. I knew I had a couple other breakliners that I knew at PayPal, but I felt really alone by myself. I knew one other black person and my, my entire family's black. So when I'm not seeing people that look like me, then <clears throat> sometimes I might feel uncomfortable. I made myself feel more comfortable in those spaces over time. But I knew that I'd be joining an organization where people that look like me and that are in the same t industry as me, that have some of the same experience as me in the professional world, I knew that I could have an impact with them. And then they could also have an impact on me. Like I've learned so much uh, from Amplify members. And I think it was very necessary, uh, especially in the first six months or so when I felt lost at PayPal, uh, still learning the lingo, the jargon. Like Breakline taught me definitely a foundation, but there was a lot that, that I didn't know going in just because technology at the NSA and technology in Silicon Valley is completely different, night and day, not the same terminology, a lot of overlaps, but it's definitely completely different. And that employee resource group was able to help me bridge that gap. So I think what's so great about that is seeing the mutually beneficial relationship that you were able to derive from that leadership position, because it is a leadership position for those who aren't familiar with ERGs it is a great place to build community, but it's also, it's a responsibility and the experience of the, the teammates and your employees who fall within your realm of responsibility, that's kind of on your shoulders. So I think it's really awesome that from day one, and I think that may you know, maybe I'm making an incorrupt assumption here, but maybe that's something that comes from your military experience as well, is just stepping up to the mantle of leadership and saying, hey, here's something that needs to be done. Hey, I'll raise my hand and be the one to do it. You're exactly right. When I was in the military, I actually uh, took over our Airmen's Council. So I was in the Air Force. We had a Sergeant's Council, an Airmen's Council. So very early on into my military career, I took over our Airmen's Council. So all of our, or E4s at the time, I was in charge of that organization. I've been in organizations my entire life where there's a president, a vice president, there's some type of board, you take minutes. So I had the background to run an organization. I know what needs to be done, what the flow needs to be, how to organize events. So I had that experience going into the Air Force. I took that experience from the Air Force and before and brought that to PayPal. And that's why I think I was able to lead a successful organization at PayPal just given that experience from the military and before. So I want to continue down this path for one last question, and it deals mm -hmm. with your involvement in the formation of Breakline Apex. So Breakline started off as an organization primarily to help veterans transition into tech. We stood up a new vertical specifically for women called Breakline Mavens. Mm -hmm. And then in 2020, at the end of the year, we stood up an entirely new vertical for people of color from across industries called Breakline Apex. 
I know that you pr played a pretty integral role in the foundation of the vertical and the providing some great insights. Like, what was it that made you want to contribute and give back to Breakline in that kind of way? So maybe I can backtrack and I can tell you when I first had the discussion with Breakline CEO Bethany about the possibility of a of a vertical specifically for people of color. I think one day at PayPal, Beth Breakline was there. Alums typically organize events at the various companies when Breakline comes through. So I got a chance to talk one-on-one -on -one with Bethany afterwards. And I noticed that the cohort that was at PayPal was a large percentage of people of color. But at this time, they were only veterans. So I, I asked her, like, like, I see that you have a lot of people of color here. What's the possibility of, of having an entire cohort full of people of color? And, and she told me that she had been thinking about it, but definitely my question added to her need to do it. Like she realized that, that it was a need to bring that to fruition. So I think it was maybe not even six months after Bethany and I had that discussion that, that we started talking about Breakline Apex. I think there was a few other names before we stuck with Breakline Apex, <laughs> but, but I was able to bounce some ideas off of Lauren and Bethany. But yes, I, I think there's a need. Like I told you before that we, I walked around campus and I saw 12 people that looked like me. I think Breakline Apex is necessary to fill that void. People are more comfortable when you see people that look like you around mm. you. And most people, I would say. So Breakline Apex, it, it, it can fill that void. So I know if I would have showed up on day one and I would have seen more people that look like me, I would have been so discouraged early on. And I think that's something that Apex can provide. So I wanted to be instrumental in providing that. Breakline is alum heavy. I think that we contribute a lot afterwards. After we've went through the program for our week or two, I think it was two weeks when I went through originally. After we go through that, we stay connected. It's a network of resources that you will have forever. So I think it's just wanting to have that for more people that looks like me. Like mm. it's been instrumental in my time in Silicon Valley. And uh, I just wanted more people to, to have that opportunity. I'll tell you what, I, I greatly appreciate you having the foresight, you having the energy and the mental capacity to contribute in the way in which you did, because it's just so important, like you said, for these spaces to exist where you can build a deep sense of community with people who have common backgrounds, common experiences, who from the moment you start a conversation, you can just have that level of connection. Mm -hmm. And I think especially as you talk about the tech industry, it's tremendously intimidating, right? Because you just don't see a lot of people of color. You don't, they're not just out there in the forefront and that is changing. And I am glad that it is changing, but I think the way that you just laid that out was so beautifully done and so eloquently put so I appreciate you for having the foresight to be a part of the movement and the effort. And even in the past six months that I've had the privilege of leading Breakline Apex in this new chapter, what I've seen has been phenomenal. It's been beautiful. And as the director of Apex, I'm just excited, man, because I know this thing is just getting started. And to look back four, five, ten years from now and see the community that we've built and see the impact that we're going to have on this industry. That's what keeps me going and what gives me motivation. So to hear from your perspective, whew, 
man, hey, you laying it on heavy today, brother. I appreciate you. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Anytime. So I want to pivot us for this last part of this conversation. Mm-hmm. And I want to preface this by first stating that Black people are not a monolithic people. I do want to state that. We are very diverse. We have our yes. own likes and interesting experiences and things of that nature. But what I will say is there is one common experience that just about every black person that I know can relate to. And that's the family barbecue. <laughs> okay. You know a little something about the family barbecue? I know a lot about the family barbecue. Okay, okay, okay. So but who's invited to the cookout? That's always a good question. <laughs> what I want to do for this last little part, man, is I want to talk a little bit about the culture because I think it's so important. It's cool to talk about the, the tech industry. It's cool to talk about these experiences, but I think it's also important for our listeners to understand that you we understand the culture, right? We got no, we we still black folks. We still have an appreciation. So, can you tell me a little bit more about what it was like at your barbecue? What's you say you grew up in Kentucky, right? Yes. What was it like at them there Staples family barbecues? Okay, so what's it like at a Staples family barbecue? So, everyone is responsible to bring something to the barbecue. However, what you bring depends on what your specialty may be. For instance, potato salad. Everyone cannot bring potato salad to the cookout. Granted, I'm not a fan of potato salad, but my family is. And you will not have a good time at the cookout if you bring some not-so-tasty potato salad. Oh, you know folks going to talk bad about you, too. In in your face, like directly in front of you. (laughs) That's going to be a thing. Certainly, but my stepdad's on the grill. He grills in the wintertime. I'm pretty sure he was just having a cookout like a week ago and it's currently snowing in Kentucky. So with the family cookouts, they're great. It's definitely a lot of bonding. My distant relatives come over. It's really my immediate family, my distant family. It's really a social event. We're eating as well, but that's just really how we how we gather and, and you know commune. The family cookouts are amazing. It's good music, good food, good people. Look forward to it all the time. You mind if I ask you a series of lightning round questions? Sure, let's go. All right. This is going to bring us on home. Bring us you going to bring us home strong, brother. Bring us home strong. Staying on the topic of the family barbecue. What's your favorite family barbecue dish? Baked chicken. No, sorry. Baked beans. That's what Okay. I'm okay. <laughs> barbecue baked beans. But just for clarification, yes. barbecue baked barbecue beans. Barbecue baked beans. With, Absolutely. With with Sometimes with a little meat in it. With the with the bacon. Yeah, with <laughs> yeah. the bacon. Yeah, come on now. I I know where you're going with that. Okay. <laughs> Spades or dominoes? Spades. Prince or MJ? MJ. Jordans or Tim's? Jordans. Beyonce or Rihanna? Th- that w- that's a very difficult question. Look, for our <laughs> listeners, I wish you could see this brother's face right now. I wish you could <laughs> the look of dismay on his face <laughs> trying to answer this question. I'm going to say Beyonce, but... Okay. I- I love Rihanna. We'll just say that, but it's going to be Beyonce there. I never thought I'd see such a look of dismay. <laughs> You're trying to get me canceled. <laughs> All right. I'm going to ask you one last one. This one may be a little bit easier. We're going to go Babyface or Teddy Riley? Teddy Riley. Okay. Okay. Oh, man. That one, that brought some joy to my heart right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a good, good question. 
So my last question for you, before I let you go, we are putting this piece together in celebration of Black History Month. I would love if you could share a figure in Black history, past or present, who you draw inspiration from that you would love for our listeners to either know or learn a little bit more about? Oh, man. I definitely draw inspiration from Barack Obama, but I know that maybe like everyone's go-to answer, but Barack Obama is definitely who I draw inspiration from. For myself, I see a career in law and politics uh, going forward and seeing the only Black man to ever hold this office. It's a daily inspiration to me. It lets me know that I can go there as well. And with the Kamala Harris now being vice president, I'm, I'm seeing Black people in positions that I've always wanted to be in. So seeing that it's possible, those are definitely figures that I look up to, current even, but that's who I look up to because they were the only ones that ever done it. So that that's what I want to do going forward. So that's who I look up to. My man. Well, you know, I definitely appreciate your time, brother. This has been fun. Yes. I'm going to just say that. This, is, has, this has been quite enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> I will forever remember your response to that question, by the way. <laughs> I, I will always remember the question. Canceled here. <laughs> Rihanna's gonna reach out to me personally <laughs> oh man well in all seriousness bro thank you so much for your time man more importantly thank you for playing the seat man like it's, that's my first time actually hearing that story about Bethany and the team coming to PayPal and that being one of the one of the seeds that was planted for Apex man so in all seriousness just like I appreciate you being on the forefront I appreciate you continuing to ensure that it was an issue that was top of mind and most importantly i appreciate you just remaining connected to the community man because it does mean a lot man and and that's my hope with this episode is that whether it's someone who's thinking about coming to break line or thinking about joining the tech industry or someone who has gone through the program and it's like how do i continue to stay connected i hope they can listen to this and draw inspiration and see that there are folks out there who have been in their shoes and are doing the things they're trying to do man in in all sincerity i appreciate you brother and yeah man thank thank you for keeping 100 out here in this break line (laughs) arena streets yes thanks for having me kenny i really appreciate it music from today's episode was provided by gabby along courtesy of valerie kingdom records Featured songs included Gift, Stuck in My Head Remix, and Rosé. We are so proud to also note that Gabby is a member of our Breakline family. Her music can be found on iTunes, Spotify, as well as other streaming platforms. We'd love if you checked it out, and we know she would too. Well, folks, that's all we've got for today. This is Kenny Vaughn, your director of Breakline Apex, signing out from the Breakline HQ. We'll see you on the high ground.